you believe that, say amen this morning. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Would you turn with me to Luke? I'm in John. I ought to get to Luke myself. Let's go to Luke chapter 19 this morning. Luke chapter 19 this morning. And as you're turning there, let me say to all the fathers, all the dads, happy Father's Day to each one of you. I hope it is a special and a wonderful day for you. I hope it is filled with steak and lobster and shrimp and chicken and all the fixings and whatever food you like. I hope it's filled with that today. Happy Father's Day. And thank you for being in God's house. It's a beautiful thing for a father to be in God's house, isn't it? And to show the way to his family, the Christian way. Uh, let me remind you that at 11 o'clock, we go live stream. And some of you are already doing this and have, have been doing it all along. But let me just ask you if you would consider doing this at 11 o'clock, um, if you will simply just go on to the church uh, Facebook page and hit the share button then uh, with the service, go to the service, log into the service, hit the share button. It is a very, very easy way for us to be very evangelistic. And it sends out the service to all of your friends on the news feed. It doesn't guarantee that they click in and watch, but maybe they will. And what an easy way to do that and put, put the word in song and the, and the sermon out to, to those around us. So if you would consider going and hitting that share button. And then we, we, let me say this to uh, all of you who helped yesterday. I won't try to name names, uh, except I will say one name, and that's Miss Vernell, because she was coordinating. She was the mastermind behind all of this. But all of you who, who helped yesterday, um, what a beautiful day of serving and, and giving and blessing uh, the Bookie family, and many other family and friends. And um, you all worked hard, so uh, thank you. God bless you for your work. Uh, I, I took some pictures. Of, uh, I love to take pictures. I took pictures of the serving line and different ones. You're working there with your, your mask and, and going. And you know, uh, we are a giving church and a serving church, aren't we? And I believe that was a wonderful thing yesterday to give and to bless a family and their friends and um, thank you for each one who did that. God will, will bless you for that. Let's preach this morning about a little man named Zacchaeus. Now, um, Pastor Allison and I, we're from Southwest Virginia. I don't know how you said it, but we said Zacchaeus. And then when I became more refined and moved to the big New River Valley of Virginia, uh, that dignified area of the state there out of Southwest Virginia, uh, I heard people saying Zacchaeus. So I don't know if it's Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. And I'll probably say both this morning. If I say Zacchaeus, then I'm going back to my roots. So, uh, <laughs> and if I say Zacchaeus, then I'm trying to put on airs. So we'll just, uh, we'll just go with whatever comes out this morning. But a little man named Zacchaeus who climbed up in a tree to see the Lord. The sermon this morning is titled, We Have Issues. I would say, turn to your neighbor and say, you have issues, but you know, we might not ought to do that this morning, but we have issues. If I would ask you this morning, and I would say to us today, if I would say, describe our world in one word, and if I were to take a microphone and I would hand it and we would just go around the room and I would say, give me one word to describe our world 
today. One word. Think about that. Now, don't say anything out loud, but just think about it for just a moment. What word would you use right now to describe our our world? What what word comes to, to mind? Would the word be happy? Would the word be joyful? Would the world be, uh, would the word be celebratory? Would the word be excited? Or, or what would the word be? Would the word be confusion? Would the word be hate? Would the word be violence or uncertainty or chaos? Would the word be evil? Would that sum up our world best, the word evil? Would the word be challenging. You know, what word would we use to describe this world in which we live? Unfortunately, this morning, I I say it with a a, a soft heart and a sad heart. Uh, I don't think the adjective that we can use to describe our world right now, our world, carnally speaking, it wouldn't be a very positive adjective, would it? Why is that the case? Well, let me ask you another question. If we identify our world in a negative way right now, what would be the one word we would use to describe the reason for that? Why do we see all of this hate and violence and racism and uncertainty, confusion and chaos and and pandemic and health issues? Why do we see all these things? What would be that one word that would identify the source of the problem. I want you to think about that for just a moment, for just a second. What one word identifies the, the source of the problem that we face in this world in which we live? Think about that a second. I wrote down the word sin. I wrote down the, the source of, of what we see is sin. Now that doesn't mean that because someone is sick, it has happened just maybe because they have sinned. Now, you see, but the source of all of this has its root in sin, the fall of mankind. You've heard me say it many times. You'll probably hear me say it many more times because the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis, when it talks about the fall, has such implications to where we are now in our world today. We are living in a fallen world. And you've heard me say that and you'll hear me say that. We live in a fallen, sin-cursed world and we live under the consequences of sin. Do you know God never intended us to even die? But we die, why? Because of the curse of of sin. God never intended us to, to be sick or to face a pandemic, but we get sick Because we live in the curse of sin. Our bodies age. Our bodies start really decaying and falling apart in some regards as we age because of the curse of sin. God never intended for there to be such hate and venom and animosity that we see one group versus this group and that group over there and and people even just hating each other. Did God intend that to be the case? No, no. But it all has its roots in the fall of mankind. It all has its roots when sin entered the world. You say, Pastor, you are preaching such an uplifting message this morning for Father's Day. But you know, one of our tasks as ministers is to define reality. 
And unfortunately, what I just said was just really a glimpse and just a, a cleft note version of the reality that we face in our world today. But let me get to some good news. We have talked about our world in one word. We have talked about the source in one word, but there is a solution in one word, and his name is Jesus. We see in the Genesis, very shortly after the fall, we see the first prophecy that even talks about Christ is going to come. You see, God has a plan, and that plan of salvation is Jesus Christ, the solution to the world's problems. Now you look at me this morning and you say, Pastor, is it really that simplistic? You say, Pastor, I watch MSNBC and I watch CNN and I watch Fox News and, and I watch them debate this issue and challenge that issue and, and we listen to politicians and we see this and we hear that and the, and the solutions seem to be so unattainable. They seem to be so complex. But I'm here to tell us this morning that the answer is found in one word, Jesus. The solution is found in one word, Jesus. You see, when one heart is changed by the power of Jesus, then a life is turned around and sins are cleansed and the solution has come to that one individual. And the good news is that gospel message that has changed my life, that has changed your life, can change anybody else's life because Jesus came to seek and to save. All who are lost. And he looks around this world. Even he has sent the Holy Spirit who circles this planet, who is here with us, who is drawing men and women to himself. If we will only listen, if we will only respond, you see the solution is here. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So today I wanna look at this topic about having issues, and I wanna start a two-part sermon, I guess, called a climber and a cutter. I wanna to try to hone it down to, to uh, individuals. You see, we look at the problems around us, they seem overwhelming, but if, if each one can reach one, if each one can help one, if each one can bless one, it all comes down to an individual affair. And I wanna look at two men. Today, we're gonna to look at the climber, Zacchaeus, the climber. Next week, I wanna look at a man that I'm calling the cutter. Now, I'm not gonna tell you who that man is. I think maybe you can just try to think about it this week and search through Luke. It is, he is in Luke. See if you find who the, who the cutter is. The mystery cutter might be. We'll reveal the, we'll take, we'll take the mask off of him next Sunday. You can figure out who he, who he is. But this morning I wanna preach about a, a climber. A climber. And this climber is Zacchaeus. Would you look with me, please, to Luke chapter 19, starting at verse one and two. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now at first glance, you could think, well, Zacchaeus has it all together. He has 
power, he has position, he has riches, he has influences. When I, when I started thinking about Zacchaeus and thinking of him as an individual in our culture, maybe today, he, he was culturally accepted, at least by the ruling party. He had betrayed his own people, but he was in with the culture, the Roman culture of the, the day. He had advanced to, to a status of being wealthy. He had climbed the corporate ladder. Oh yes, there were those who hated him because he was a cheater and a liar and a traitor and all those things, but he had, he had advanced and, and he didn't care who he had stepped on. He was climbing. He had accumulated riches. He had accumulated position. He had accumulated many of the things, let's be honest this morning, that as individuals, sometimes we want. Sometimes we want. Let, let's just be honest. Riches. Wouldn't it be nice sometimes to just think I could jump in my private um, helicopter and just fly out of Ruckersville and land back here at the pavilion and come on in the side door? If I had those kind of riches, I'd probably get my helicopter tangled in the power lines on the way over here, I don't know. But sometimes we look at the lives of the rich and famous and we think, oh, it would be so nice to have that house on the, on the beach to escape to or, or that yacht to, to uh, have the fine dining out on the, on the sea and, and enjoy and all these luxurious things. And Zacchaeus had accumulated all these riches, but yet there was something missing. Have you ever worked and worked and worked for something, whether it was a material thing or a promotion on the job or, or even an educational achievement or any number of things? Have you ever worked for something and you achieved it and you felt great about it, but it didn't quite feel as good as you thought it might? Or have we ever arrived in a place in life where we think, I've made it now, but yet there was like a nagging feeling that something is Missing. You see, Zacchaeus was climbing up, but at the same time, he was going down. And I'm afraid this morning that there are a lot of people in our world today by worldly standards, by worldly measurements are climbing upward, but on the inside, they're going down. On the outside, in the worldly standards, they're achieving and they're, they're advancing, but on the inside, there's a void and a hurt that has not been fulfilled because riches cannot buy happiness. Position and power and influence cannot gain contentment. Just ask Zacchaeus. You see, he had all of these things, but yet he was a man who was seeking. Look with me, please, to verse three. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was going to pass that way. You see, he made a decision that something had to change. Maybe you can remember a time in your life. Maybe I can remember a time in my life where we've made a decision, I need more. And we realized that what we needed, who we needed was Jesus Christ. 
Let me just pause right here and ask you, maybe you can just verify by saying amen. Is there anybody in the house this morning that would say, I have made my decision for Jesus Christ? The most important decision we could ever make in our lives. Do you remember when you made that decision? Do you remember the, the, the change that came into our hearts and our lives? But do we know this morning there are many out there who have not made that decision? There are many who don't even really know who they're looking for or what they need. They just know that something is missing. And I don't know how Zacchaeus heard about Jesus. I don't know what the backstory is, but somehow he heard that there is this man, Jesus, and he's passing this way and people's lives are being changed. I wanna tell us this morning as the church, it is our duty, it is our obligation, it is our job to do what we can to get the gospel message out to those who have never heard. He said, I wanna see who Jesus is. That's never a bad decision. You'll never be disappointed to decide that I wanna see and find out who this Jesus is. There are people in life that will disappoint us. Maybe you've sat on an interview committee and interviewed someone and looked at their resume and thought they're gonna be fabulous only to see that they weren't so fabulous. Maybe you thought somebody was just A++, but then after we've come to know them more and more, it wasn't quite the same, but Jesus will never disappoint us. Jesus will never let us down. And everything that this blessed book says about Jesus is true. There's no false advertising in the scriptures. There's no hyper, hyperbolic speech or, or hyperbole in the scriptures. Everything that is said about Jesus is true yes. and even more so. I don't believe this word can even describe how great and awesome Jesus Christ is. And Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. He had barriers, he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd and he said, I'm gonna climb up into a tree. I guess desperate times call for desperate measures, I don't know. But this grown man, this man of wealth and position and influence, a despised man too, climbed a tree. Can you picture this man in a tree waiting to see Jesus? But maybe there's people around us Maybe they're not in the trees, but somehow their lives are just crying out. Show me the way. Maybe their lives are just crying out for one of us to just show them the love of Christ. We may not go out here on these grounds this morning or I, I go back to my house today and look in the trees and see a man sitting in the trees, but Maybe, just maybe, there are people on the workplace. Maybe, just maybe, there are people in the schools. Maybe, just maybe, there are people in the marketplace that their lives are crying out, somebody, please show me a better way. That's really what Zacchaeus was doing. He was, he was crying out. He was seeking. He was, he was looking. Now, can I stop right here and put a pause on Zacchaeus for just a moment? Would you permit me to do that? And can I talk about the crowd for just a moment? You see, Zacchaeus had issues, but the crowd had issues too. The crowd had become a barrier. Now, now hear me this morning with, with love, the crowd had become a barrier 
between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And in that crowd, mixed into that crowd, were certainly some who were seeking Jesus on their own right. But there are also some who were, can I just call them the church people? The religious people were in that crowd. The religious people were there. And it, and it makes me sad this morning when I think about it and I see and I realize that the people, some of the people in that crowd who became barriers were people who knew the scriptures better than anybody else. People who were more devout than anybody else. But they had become a barrier to Zacchaeus getting to Jesus. Now let me let that sink into me a little bit. Let me let that sink into us a little bit. And, and let's just kind of take that and chew on it just a bit and to think about this is it possible that we can serve God and we can get so caught up in the routines and the rhythms of church and church life and the way that, um, can I say it this way, the way that we think everything ought to go, that it can become a barrier to somebody else? That's just food for thought, isn't it? I think you sense that I'm saying it in love to myself and to all of us this morning, but you know, we live in perilous times and we don't need to be barriers to the gospel. If there are things that, that we are doing as Christians, if there are things that we're doing as church people, as people who know God, if there are traditions and things that we've built up that are, are creating barriers to others coming to Christ, God, help us to pull those down. God, help us to change those things. I believe we're at a, very pivotal point in the life of God's church. I believe that there are gonna be churches that are going to seize the day and seize the moment and realize that the new normal is different than what the old normal was. Can I just preach this morning? If we aren't careful, we can find ourselves as barriers. We can find ourselves indifferent. We can find ourselves irrelevant to some level or we can seize the moment and realize we have the solution. But it might mean us doing things differently. Is that all right to preach this morning at a nine o'clock service? Is it all right for me to just tell, I don't know what all this means. I'm not sitting here preaching and telling you that I know we need to do this, this, this. We need to change that. I'm, I don't know the answers. But from my heart, I'm just telling us this morning, we have got to be mindful we're living in a different world. The world we were in when we left here on March the 15th of 2020 is a different world than I'm standing here today on Father's Day. And some things are never gonna change back. And if we aren't careful, we'll find ourselves as the church on the sidelines or silence or ineffective. But God help us, we have a message, we have a mission. And God help us to have, like the sons of Issachar, a discernment of the times in which we live. And God help us to be a people of prayer and renewal and say, God, we wanna be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And God, if we have to change how we do ministry, God help us to be willing to change it. Is that all right this morning? They had church at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings because of dairy farmers and we can't get away from that because of the dairy farmers. How many of you have to milk your cows? <laughs> 
That's just one example. But do you understand what I'm saying? We think we have to sit 14 pews on each side and face this way. And if we don't have it that way, we're not having church. But the early church went from house to house to house. Am I preaching all right this morning? I'm just saying there are some things that are not necessarily bad, but we've created them. But God, what are you wanting to do in and through us during these times in which we live? Maybe it's standing in a yard somewhere, singing a song and praying over a house. We've had some of the most blessed times and and special times in people's yards during this time. Can I tell you, the church is everywhere. God, help us to seize the moment. God, help us to understand what is happening around us. But never, ever help us to change the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Methods will come and methods will go. Strategies will come and strategies will go. But I want to be clear. I'm not saying any change to the message of this book right here. This is the gospel, but God help us to get the gospel out. Help us to do ministry. And I am confident that the church of the living God and this church in particular will move forward in power and authority following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be part of the crowd. That is a barrier. I don't want to be a part of the crowd. As we read on towards the end, we see that the crowd, the religious people got mad Because Jesus asked a sinner, can I go to your house? And they got mad. They got angry. How would we feel if the most ranked sinner, whoever that might be, came in and sat on our pews. I hope that we would open our arms and say, welcome to the house of God this morning. I would hope that anybody who would walk through those doors would feel love, love, love. Can I get an amen this morning? And I hope they'll hear the gospel. I hope they'll hear the truth. I hope they'll feel the convicting power and moving of the Holy Spirit. But that's his work. But may we love, love, love. The religious people got angry Because Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. They were probably jealous. They probably thought, well, I have memorized all of the Old Testament. He should be coming to my house so I can show off for him. No, no, he, Jesus, came to seek and to save those who are lost. What would we do this morning if church, if all of a sudden we started reaching a harvest of people and church as we know it now became more about them and less about us? I wrote a word down right here about the crowd. They were into themselves. They were were indifferent, but some of them were indulgent. They wanted it to be all about them. But wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if we as mature Christians began to make church all about the lost? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing if we said, it's not about us, it's about reaching the mandate? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. Look with me. The good news about what happened for Zacchaeus as I land the plane this morning. Look at verse five, Luke chapter 19, verse Five. We got Zacchaeus up in the tree, Jesus passing by. And when Jesus came to this place, he looked up and saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, 
make haste. Basically, he's saying, hurry up, boy. Zacchaeus, hurry up. Come down. For today, I must stay at your house. What a beautiful phrase. What a beautiful passage. What an awesome passage. It shows me that if you are seeking for Jesus, he will pass by your way. What did Zacchaeus do? Look at verse six. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. There's a beautiful old song that I think the Spear family used to sing. It might be a Gaither song that said, oh, what a difference when Jesus passes by. This scoundrel of a man, this man who had focused on all the wrong things and had stepped on anybody to get there, this man who was a cheater and a liar and all of those things, in really just a moments of time, he received Jesus joyfully. Jesus went to him or went with him to his house. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus stands up and says, I'm gonna give to the poor. I'm gonna restore many, many times over far beyond what I'm required to do to those that I have cheated. And Jesus said today, salvation has come to your house. Now, he's not saying that we can buy our way out of sin. Let me tell you what had happened. A heart change had occurred, and now his life was changing. And oh, thank God when there are times when a heart changes, and then a life will change. And on this Father's Day, I say, God, reach out to the fathers of this church. Reach out to the grandfathers of this church. Reach out to the fathers of these communities and draw them to you. And I pray that there will be heart changes in fathers. Because when the heart changes, then the life changes. And many times when the father changes, the family changes. And the course of generations can change when Jesus passes by. Has he passed by your way this morning? The last part of this, Luke, let's look at it. Luke 19, 8 through 10 says it this way. Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor and I have, if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I almost asked a question. I'm going to ask it right now. Has Jesus passed by your way? And I can answer that question. I can say, yes, he has. Because the scripture right here tells me he has. It says he has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you're lost this morning, he's looking for you. And he's saying, come on down out of the tree. And come on and let me go to your house. And why don't you just receive me joyfully? And when your heart changes, your life is going to change. I want us to pray together this morning. And here's what I want us to pray about. I want us to ask Jesus.
to pass by fresh and anew in our individual lives. I want us to ask Jesus to pass by fresh and anew in our families. And I want us to ask Jesus to pass by fresh and anew in our church. Is that all right this morning? He's the answer to our issues. Would you just bow your head right where you are? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just ask him to pass by your way? Hallelujah. That you would pass by our way, Lord. That you would pass by our way. That you would pass by our families, our churches, our world around us, Lord. Standing upon your promise that you have come to seek and to save those which are lost. Lord, pass by lives this morning. Lord, you can do more in our life in just a matter of moments, just in a matter of a split second. Would you pass by our way? Lord, as I look over this beautiful congregation this morning, beautiful, beautiful people, Lord, would you pass by? Would you pass by their way? Some are stressed out, but Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. Would you pass by their way? Some are fearful, Lord, but you have promised not to give us a spirit of fear. But Lord, you've promised a sound mind and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Lord, there are some who are sick, but Lord, we're reminded of the times that you passed by and brought your healing. Oh, what a difference. What a difference when Jesus passes by. Lord, would you pass by families this morning? Would you do a generational work in this church? Would, in fact, would you continue a generational work in this church? Lord, that we would see children saved grandchildren saved, great-grandchildren saved. Lord, that you would direct the course of genealogies, Lord, by your power, by your might. Would you pass by our way? Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, as I'm reminded this morning, I'm reminded this Father's Day, Lord, of how you passed by my dad's way and you saved his soul when I was just a little child. I give you thanks for that this morning. Because of that, Lord, I was raised in church. Because of that, you passed by my way. I give you thanks this morning. I give you praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, what a difference. Oh, what a difference when Jesus passes by. Lord, would you pass by our church? Lord, we've been through a very unique time, unprecedented time, but the church is as strong as ever before. And God, would you pass by our way? And Lord, would you make this place a soul-winning mission statement? Lord, would you work in our church to reach the lost, to reach the harvest? Lord, would you make us more givers, more giving than we've ever been, more serving than we've ever been, more evangelistic than we've ever been? Lord, that people would know that we know the solution and that we love them and we want to share with them. God, would you pass by our church? Would you pass by our way? We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Would you just lift your hands this morning to the Lord all over this house at 9 o'clock in the morning? Hallelujah. Can we just give the Lord praise this morning? It is good to be in your house this morning. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We magnify your blessed name. God, our Father.
Father, our good, good Father. We worship you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your holy name this morning. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify your name. You are a good, good Father.